Good to see you today. Did anybody not get a bulletin? We need everybody to have a bulletin. I know sometimes you share. That's okay. That's very Christian to share. But we need everybody to have a bulletin because we have sermon notes and we want everybody to fill it out. All right? And that includes you, Junior. No excuse. All right? But anyway, great to see you today. Uh, just want to encourage you. The, the notes are inside your bulletin, so there are some blanks to fill out. As Bob mentioned, we're having a Hoosier One Sunday, and we're calling it Friend Day. But I want to encourage you to pray about somebody in your circle of influence that is not connected to a church, maybe doesn't know the Lord. And so I just want you to begin to pray for them every day and consider inviting them to come on April 10th. And we're going to present the gospel, and you may take them out to breakfast, maybe take them out to lunch, but just begin to pray about inviting somebody to come with you on Sunday, April 10th. Well, last Wednesday, we had a, kind of a family worship time, One, I think two, two or three times a year. We had all the youth, all the adults, all the children, and we all worshiped together. And one of the things I did was had an auction. I had two children and two youth. I gave each of them five dollar bills and so they were auctioning my money how many of you know it's easy to auction somebody else's money so i gave them five dollar bills or five one dollar bills and they could auction up to five dollars and once they ran out of money they couldn't auction anymore and so one of the things we had a big old candy bar a bag of m&ms we, we even had some apples for those of you that are into health food but one of the things we auctioned off was taking a picture with the pastor. I thought, man, that's going to get some money back. <laughs> I couldn't get an auction. I couldn't get anybody to bid. Finally, Parker, godly Parker, said, I'll bid a dollar. <laughs> I said, can I get anybody two dollars? No. Parker, full of, full of the Holy Ghost, gave me a dollar. He loved the pastor. So I said, I'll take a picture. I'll show everybody on Sunday. Now, what Parker didn't know, because he bid to get a picture with me, I gave him a box full of everything else we auctioned off. I gave him everything. <laughs> so if you're ever auctioning for a picture for me, take it. Take it. There's always something else in store for you, all right? But that's Parker, man. I love Parker. I'm forever endeared to Parker, all right? And so this is the mission team that's going to be heading out to Columbus, Ohio. And so they're going to be here, I think, at the end of the service. And we're going to pray for them. I think they're heading out this Thursday. And so there's a church plant up there. It's a friend of Brett's. And so they're going to go up there and work in that church. So we want to remember uh, to pray for this team. All right? So question this morning as we kind of start off our series in Hebrews, is Jesus enough? Now, I would have to believe if you're in church... You're going to say, yes, Jesus is enough. But really, when things get tough, when the storm clouds gather, is he enough to get us through every day? The writer of Hebrews is trying to encourage these readers to stay faithful. That if they have Jesus, literally, they have enough. And so we're going to kind of pound on that thought as we go through the book of Hebrews. And so I kind of came up with a picture, and I may evolve as I go forward, but the writer is writing to believers who are literally at a crossroads. And they're either going to keep walking with Jesus, which he's going to encourage them to do no matter what it costs, 
or they're going to turn and go back to Judaism and begin to live under the old covenant. Now, most of us in America are not tempted to go back to Judaism because we were not raised Orthodox Jewish. But we also have a tendency of walking away from God. And so there really is a message for all believers of all times, but he's going to write to these believers, and I mean he's just going to encourage them to stay faithful, no matter what it costs. And so I've entitled the book, or my thought is, Encouragement for the Journey. And going through the book of Hebrews many years ago literally changed my life. And we had a radio program our, our church had several years ago. We were on for 12 years on Sunday morning. How many of you remember our radio program? All four of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I know we made a big impact in the area. But anyway, guess what we called the radio program? Encouragement for the journey. We had a pastor's wife retreat. You know what I wanted to call it? Encouragement for the journey. I'm kind of locked on that. Because one thing I've discovered, the older I get, people need encouragement. That's why the writer of Hebrews says, encourage one another daily. I'm telling you, we live in a tough world. And man, the last thing we need to do is come to church and get beat up. We need to be encouraged, stay faithful, that Jesus is enough. If you have nothing else, if you have Jesus, you can get through today. And so, man, the writer of Hebrews is just given a word of encouragement. And I love how he says in chapter 13, verse 22, he calls it a brief word of encouragement. How many of you know when the pastor says, I'm going to be brief, that doesn't mean anything? Doesn't mean anything. But listen to what he says in chapter 13, verse 22. This is out of the Amplified Bible, but let's all read it together. I call on you, brothers and sisters... Listen patiently to this message of exhortation and encouragement, for I have written to you briefly. So 13 chapters, he calls it brief, but he says, listen patiently. So as we're, over the next 13 weeks, we're going to take a chapter each week, and we're going to look at the book of Hebrews. So listen patiently, be encouraged, and no matter what, no matter what we face in life, keep our eyes on Jesus. And so that's the message. And so another picture I got is these believers were looking about going forward. I mean, they were facing difficult times that we in America don't really understand. They were facing hardship, persecution, prison. Some of them were facing literally being killed. I mean, yet the writer says, stay faithful. Don't go back. Don't retreat. Don't cross the bridge back to Judaism. Stay faithful to the Lord. And so, man, what a message. What a timeless message of always being faithful, no matter how difficult life can be. And so, literally, the writer is saying, most of the time, I've heard people say, don't burn the bridges behind you. And sometimes, that's good advice. But in the Christian life, we should burn every bridge behind us and only go forward. I think it was Cortez, when he landed in Mexico around 1500s, he burnt all the ships once they landed. Why would he burn those ships? He didn't want anybody to go back. And I want to tell you, the writer of Hebrews is saying, don't go back. Stay true to God. Keep your eyes on Jesus, no matter what it costs you. 
And so here we have this picture. And so in essence, through the book of Hebrews, he's going to say, burn every bridge behind you and only make sure that you go forward in your walk with God. So vitally important. So let's look at a few information. If you have a pen, I want to encourage you to fill in the blanks here. And I missed a few of the blanks. I forgot to put them on the screen so you can see me afterwards, all right? So first of all, the author of the book, Unknown. Now, always somebody will come up to me and say, Pastor, and they're going to straighten me out and tell me who the author is. And so if you want to take me out to lunch, I will listen. All right? And I will probably nod my head if you're paying for lunch. But we don't know who the author is, and and your guess is as good as mine. But we actually don't even know specifically who he's writing to. My personal feeling is... It's to Jewish believers because he talks a lot about the Torah. They had to be very familiar with the law in the Old Testament. But the date was sometime before the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. And so a little bit of background. The author wrote this letter to encourage, I believe, Jewish believers to stay the course. To not go back to Judaism when things get tough. How many of you have ever known a Christian that's fallen off the wagon? We all have. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes the Christian life doesn't always get what we think we should get out of life. And I know a lot of people that have fallen off the wagon and gone back to their old way of life. But the writer's saying, don't go back. If you have Jesus, you have life's best. You have ultimately everything God wants to give you if you have Jesus. And so we need to be on that bandwagon and we need to be cheering people. But I know there are people who have been hurt at church. If you've never been burnt at church, you've never been involved. Because sometimes, hopefully, 99% of it is unintentional. But sometimes we step on each other's toe. Sometimes we offend. I've heard people say that 50% of the church roll actually attend. If a church has 500 on their roll, probably about 250 come. And we can talk about the people that have fallen off or we can have compassion and begin to reach out and love on them and encourage them to stay faithful. There is no plan B, by the way. We got to keep moving forward in our relationship with Jesus. The letter was written to encourage these believers to stand fast in their faith. The, the Hebrews 11, we often call the faith chapter. The writers given all women of faith who lived down through the years. They all lived in very difficult circumstances. But the one thing they had in common that got them through life was their faith in God. And the writer's saying that if all these great men and women of faith survived circumstances by putting their faith in God, you can too. And so hopefully you're going to be encouraged as we go through the book of Hebrews that, again, no matter what life brings your way, you can still put your faith and trust in Jesus. The writer argues that the person and work of Christ is superior to the prophets, the angels, Moses, Joshua, Aaron, and the rituals of Judaism. He says, why would you go back to a system that never brought life? Why would you want to go back to all the sacrifices and all the rules and regulations that never produce the life of God? Once you have Jesus, you have God's best. There is no plan B. And so the theme of the book is always remain faithful on your journey to maturity in Christ. Always keep your faith in God no matter where you are in the process. 
The writer says in Hebrews 6, the first part of verse 1, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, and that word means maturity. So God wants us to always, I look out today and I see some gray hair. I see some no hair. But how many of you know that as we walk with God, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't get easy. It's never a point that we can just sit back and relax. We always have to trust God. We always have to walk with God. That's why this book is so relevant no matter when you're teaching it and preaching it, all right? Very exciting. One of the key words in the book of Hebrews is the word better. It's used to describe Jesus Christ and the benefits of the second covenant. And again, once you've had Christ, there is nothing better that God has. Our ultimate best is having God and having that relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible gives several warnings in the book of Hebrews about not going back and not retreating. First of all, the warning against drifting. And we're going to look at that in chapter 2. The warning against a hard heart in chapter 3. The warning of unbelief. And so there are some stern warnings as he encourages them to keep moving forward. There's a warning against dullness in chapter 5 and 6. A warning against habitual sin in chapter 10. And the warning against refusing God. And so the writer has some pretty strong warnings, again, to try to somehow get them and know, don't go back, keep going forward in your relationship with Jesus. There's some key passages, and I think the last three I don't have on the screen here, but the first three, Jesus is our faithful high priest, that we can trust Jesus, that he is our high priest. The promise of rest and how we need to learn to rest in the middle of all the craziness of life. Not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And so there's some important key passages in the book of Hebrews. There's a simple outline, and it is, number one, Jesus is supreme in who he is. Number two, Jesus is supreme in what he does. And number three, life in Christ is a better way. That in Christ, again, we have God's very best that he has to give. A few uh, life applications. At least 15 times, the writer uses the expression, let or let us, to try to show us application of truth. So we all can apply the message of Hebrews and again, not retreat, but learn to move forward in our relationship with God. Whatever the obstacle, the writer of Hebrews encourages Christians to keep their eyes on Jesus until we cross the finish line. Again, I love that Hebrews 11, that great faith chapter. The Bible says they not only live by faith, but they died in faith. Can I tell you, I want my very last breath on this earth to be faith in God. I don't only want to live for God, I want to die in faith. And so he's encouraging these believers. I mean, they are facing some pretty severe stuff, but he's saying you can do it. Man, you can do it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep moving forward. And how we need that message today as well. With more than 40 Old Testament quotes, the book of Hebrews reminds us that we can never understand the Old Testament without the new or the new without the old. And so again, there is a connection between the old and the new. Jesus fulfilled the old covenant, but again, once you come to Christ, why would you ever want to go back to a system that never produced life? And that's what the writer's trying to say. And so if I can give us kind of a modern day picture here, 
Because probably, again, 99.9% of us are not tempted to go back to Judaism unless you were raised an Orthodox Jew. But there are some temptations. There are some things that we're facing that can get us to fall off the wagon and go back. Over on the right here, I have uh, some political differences. How many of you know there are some political differences in our society? How many of you know that that usually gets everybody's blood pressure up to a 10? Veins start sticking out. And here's what I've discovered. Now, I have an opinion. I have an opinion. But here's one thing I know, that if you're going to get into an argument about politics, you're wasting your time. How many of you have ever been into a debate about politics and the other person said, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. I'm going to see it your way. Never. Never. Everybody digs in. They just get all. And and even though we have some Republicans and Democrats and some independents, how many of you know we can still love Jesus together? I mean, somehow we got to look beyond that. And we got, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Inflation. They say, man, inflation's going crazy. What are we going to do? Man, inflation's going crazy. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're either going to put our faith in God or we're going to stress out and have a heart attack. When you pull into the gas station and the price of gas, have you ever noticed it jumps up in big shots? It comes down like a BB in oil. <laughs> oh, my God, it's come down a penny. Just went up 40 cents the day before. But next time you pull and you hear some people complaining about the price of gas. What are we going to do? What is the world coming? What are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to trust God or we're going to go crazy. Wouldn't it be great to pull in the gas station? Whoopee! Man, I don't know, I don't know how God's going to take care of me. He says he's going to meet all my needs. It's his problem, not mine. Y'all don't sound excited about that. It's a lot more fun to get in on the complaining. But we got to believe that God is faithful. we got to trust God. I mean, my faith is not in Wall Street. My faith is not in who's in the White House. My faith is in who's in God's house. That we need to rise up and be the people God wants us to be. And then there's Ukraine that we're facing today. I'm telling you, we have a lot of brothers and sisters in Ukraine. There's a lot of church presence. And they're literally facing everything the writer of Hebrews was writing to this first century church. I mean, they're facing persecution, death. We need to pray for the people of Ukraine. And as Roz pointed out after the first service, she said, Pastor, I I think we also ought to pray for the people of Russia. There's believers in Russia. Can I tell you, 99.9% of the people in Russia aren't for the war. We need to pray for everyone that somehow the grace of God is big enough to get them through every day. And even though it seems foreign to us, persecution. I know you've heard that more people are persecuted today for their faith and more people are killed than ever in history. And it may come to America. There may come a day that we have to choose to follow God or to deny Christ and walk away. It may happen. I hope God gives me the grace to always choose Jesus. But we're living in some tough times. I love the picture over on the left there. Uh, The price of regular is an arm. The price of premium is a leg. And super premium is both. That means you can only fill up twice. You're out of arms and legs. 
Can you see how the book of Hebrews is so relevant? Man, how we need to be encouraging people that we can keep our eyes on Jesus. My, my faith is not dependent on inflation or what's going on in the Ukraine. My faith is in God. And man, we need to be encouraging brothers and sisters. Stay the course. Stay the course. No matter what, don't give up on Jesus. There is not a better plan behind you. Got to keep moving forward. And so we too got to burn the bridges behind us. How many of you noticed some no fishing signs in the baptistry? How many of you thought, that's a little weird? <laughs> right? If you didn't, then you probably know me. Okay, you probably know me. You say, why would you put no fishing signs in the baptistry? You know, the baptistry, to me, is one of the beautiful pictures of following Jesus. It doesn't save us, but it's a picture of the old life being buried. And as you come up out of that water, it's a picture of our new life in Christ. But you know, sometimes we go back to the baptistry, things that we had given up and we had died to follow Christ. And sometimes when life isn't giving us everything we want, we go back to the baptismal waters and we begin to fish out some of that sludge and that garbage that we died to. How many of you have ever went back to something that you knew you shouldn't go back to, but you went back thinking that somehow that would give you something that Jesus isn't giving you? We've all spent too much time fishing in the baptismal waters. Matter of fact, I see Bill over here. Sometimes I have Bill. He comes out with a fishing pole, man. He's, he's catching stuff out of there. Maybe we'll have Bill do that. I mean, he does it like nobody else. I mean, he can fish in the baptistry. But the message of Hebrews is no fishing in your baptismal waters. Don't go back to something that you died to. Don't try to find peace some other way. Because once you have Jesus, you literally have God's best. And sometimes we feel like there's Jesus plus something will give us happiness. But the reality is it's Jesus plus nothing equals happiness. And if we can get to that point, and again, as we go through the book of Hebrews, listen patiently. Receive encouragement and know that no matter what we're facing every day of our life, that Jesus is enough. I love what Job said, even though he slay me, I will trust him. I don't know if I've always been there. Sometimes I'm like Peter and John that want to call fire down on the city of Samaria. God, can we call fire down? They didn't accept us. How many of you have ever wanted to zap somebody that didn't like you? Aren't you glad God doesn't answer that prayer? We would all be in heaven this morning. We'd all be zapped. I'd like to think everybody loves the pastor. But I've, I've learned different. Sometimes I don't shake everybody's hand. I've, I've, I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm offended. You didn't shake. Nobody shook my hand today. I'm not coming back. And so as I get older, I get a little more bold. I listen to them. I, let, I give them a little crying towel, a couple violins. And after they tell me nobody shook their hand, I say to them, how many hands did you shake? I tell you what, if you get busy shaking enough hands, you won't be counting how many people come to you. It's really quiet. But I want to tell you, man, serve God. God wants us all to deliver the message of Hebrews to everybody around us that you can make it. 
You can keep going. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is enough. He really is enough in our life. How many of you have ever seen the movie Wizard of Oz? It's not in the Bible. Some of you are afraid to say. Maybe you backslid and went to the movie and saw the Wizard of Oz. I've seen it multiple times. But throughout the movie, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite illustration movies, because throughout the movie, they're all searching for something in life. I mean, the whole movie, they're looking. If you remember, what was the tin man looking for? He was looking for a heart. Dorothy was looking for a way back to Kansas. Why? Why would anybody go back to Kansas? Now in the middle service, Amy Kane is from Kansas. And I said, Amy, this isn't where you lived. It's everywhere but where you lived. But she was wanting to go back to Kansas. The scarecrow was looking for a brain. The lion was looking for courage. It's kind of disappointing in a way because, man, the whole movie, they're looking, searching, searching. And they finally get to the end. The wizard says, in essence, to all of them, everything you've been looking for, you already possess. Everything you've been hungering for in life, you already have. Can I tell you, when we get to heaven, every believer is going to know that everything you've been searching for in life, for meaning and purpose, you already had in Jesus. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, man, you can know that now. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. There is no plan B in the Christian life. Plan A is the only plan, and it's keep your eyes on Jesus. That he is enough. Life is going to be hard, but God's grace is bigger. Andre Crouch sings a song back in the 70s, and I'm back from the 70s. Jesus is the answer. If I were to pick a theme song for the book of Hebrews, it would be this song. Because people are trying to figure out how are we going to survive, how are we going to get through this, how are we going to get through that, this health situation, this financial situation, how are we going to make it in life? For all of us, the answer is the same. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't fall back. Don't retreat. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I hope as we take this journey together, and by the way, if you're on Facebook, and even if you're not on Facebook, if you can get on Facebook and you, and you can just find our message and just forward it to all your friends, what would happen if we could just send out a message of hope to all of our friends and family that Jesus is the answer? In a world with so much negativity, I think the world needs to hear that Jesus is the answer. I hope God uses all of us in the next 13 weeks to become a conduit of hope, a conduit of, of peace and joy in Jesus. Let's all stand together as we sing. If you're here today, maybe for the very first time in your life, I can't imagine, can you imagine somebody living one day without Jesus? I mean, there is no other hope. As a matter of fact, I just want to pray. I know I do this a lot. But maybe you're here today and maybe you just feel a tug in your heart. Your name may be on our church roll, but maybe you're not 100% sure that you've really trusted Christ as your Savior. 
Can I tell you, having your name on the church roll is not all that important. But having your name on the Lamb's Book of Life is really important. Have you trusted Christ? Have you invited Him into your life as Lord and Savior? So I want to pray a simple prayer. I'm going to ask everybody to pray it out loud. Most of you have already prayed this, but it doesn't hurt to say it again. And maybe there's one person, maybe there's two people here that for the very first time in your life, you're going to invite Christ into your life. Let's pray together. Everybody just pray out loud. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I ask you to forgive me and to come into my heart as Lord and Savior. From this day forward, my life belongs to you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to encourage you to tell a couple people. Or maybe you want to slip out and come down the front and just say, I I prayed that prayer today. Maybe you're visiting and this is where God is leading you to plug in and become a member. We invite you to come. Or maybe you just have something heavy on your heart that you want us to pray for. We want to do that. Let's take a minute as David leads us, as we sing, Jesus is the answer. And may that be our message as we go through the book of Hebrews, that Jesus is the answer. Let's sing together. If you need to slip out and come, you come. Otherwise, right where you are, just love on God and just worship Him. Jesus is the answer. something just to think about the book of Hebrews. I can't give you a bridge. I want to give you a a popsicle stick. Robin gave me a whole basket full of popsicle sticks. And I want to ask you as we go through Hebrews and on the back of your notes today, there's a little bit of a daily quiet time in chapter one. Each week we're going to give you a quiet time for the next week. So next week we're going to go over chapter one And it's just two verses a day for this week. But I want to encourage you to take a popsicle stick and just put it in your Bible in the book of Hebrews. 
And every time you see it, I just want you to pray that day that you'll never go back on the bridge of retreat. I put on my popsicle stick, Jesus is enough. And I'm going to put it in my Bible to remind me every day, no matter what I face, he's enough. So I want to encourage you, there's a couple plates up here with sticks. There's a basket in the back as well. And I don't want to put them back in my office, so everybody take one. All right? And so those are in the back. Also, there's the offering box for Ukraine, if you didn't give. Last week, we collected $2,300 for Ukraine. And so today will be the last day we collect. We're going to give 100% of it to Samaritan's Purse. They've already got boots on the ground. So we want to do that. That's in the back as well. Don't forget the luncheon today. Even if you're not going to eat lunch, maybe you want to drop off a 10 or a 20 to help our young people go to camp. I know they would appreciate it. And so I'm going to ask Brett and the team to come down. And so they're here. They're going to be leaving, I believe, this Thursday and heading to Ohio. So if you guys will just kind of spread out up here on the front. If you have, if one of these belong to you or you would like for one of them to belong to you, spread out all the way across the front, guys. I'm going to ask if, you're, if parents are here, grandparents, or anybody that just wants to come up and get behind one of these students, I'm going to ask you to just come on down, get behind these students, and we just want to pray for them, all right? So go ahead and just get around them, just some people that are willing to come and pray. All right, I want this just to take a minute, let's pray for the team that will be leaving, and just pray that God would use them to deliver a message of hope as they go to Ohio, that God's blessing, His Spirit would be upon them. Father, we just want to take a minute and just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the book of Hebrews. And God, if there's any time we need encouragement, it's today. I pray for this team that's going to be heading out to Ohio. God, that you would put angels of protection about them. And I know, Lord, their heart is just to minister life everywhere they go. So I pray that they would uh, deliver a message of hope to these people. Father, just supernaturally work through every word they speak, every action. God, may everything they do just point people to you. So Father, fill them with your spirit. And I pray for my brothers and sisters who are here in the sanctuary today, those who are watching by way of live stream, that God, you would fill us every day, that every day we would encourage those around us to keep their faith in Jesus. Father, fill us, empower us. We just speak peace and blessing. Father, just uh, allow your spirit to, to fill and to overflow in all that we say and do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.